To be the first lady of a church is a position of honor, respect, and leadership. In most cases, it's highly coveted. On today's case, Mrs. Hicklin says her experience as first lady of her husband's church has not been all that it's cracked up to be. She says for her, being first lady means working full time for no compensation, sacrificing her husband to the church, and being put on the back burner for important events like her birthday and even her anniversary. Now she says she's had enough, and if something doesn't change, she's done. Let's hear their case. Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Starr presiding. Your Honor, this is the case of Hicklin versus Hicklin. Thank you very much, Mrs. Hicklin, Pastor Hicklin. Mrs. Hicklin, after 13 years of marriage, you say you are done fighting for this relationship. You say your husband does not make you a priority, and that leaves you feeling inadequate. Yes, Your Honor. Pastor Hicklin, you are here to save your marriage. You say your job is demanding, but you do make your wife feel special. And you are here to resolve your issues. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. You have been together for 14 years and married for 13 years. But, Mrs. Hicklin, you have brought your husband to divorce court today. Tell me why. Well, Your Honor, I'm a pastor's wife, a Mm -hmm. first lady, as some may say. But I ask myself every day, is my husband married to me or the church? He puts the church first in every aspect of his life. From me, the children, his family, his congregation comes first. I mean, I'm a second-time cancer survivor. Oh, bless your heart. Yes, ma'am. I went through hell when I was going through cancer, and I just feel like that he wasn't there for me the way he could have been. He was always at the church. There's plenty of nights that I was at home crying by myself, but he was at the church praying for other people when I needed praying for, when I needed his time emotionally, physically, and in every way. And so at this point, I'm, I'm done. I'm fed up. If he doesn't see how much I'm hurting, I have the divorce papers here, and we can just be done. Wow. I can't come second. I can't. Wow. Sir, you heard what she says. What do you say? Your Honor, in the beginning when we met, my wife was in prayer for, first of all, a man of God, someone that can not only take care of her, but be a person that loves other people and can help um, build communities and bring people together to be an influencer to do good. So 14 years later, I'm standing here not knowing why we're standing here because she understood what my call is. And I'm here today willing to do everything I can to get us back to the point where we met. So, Mrs. Hicklin, this may be very difficult, but these are real issues that people face when they start off very happy with the flowers and the daisies and the roses and uh, balloons and little duckies and stuff. (laughs) But soon it can become hard work. I'd love for you to take me back to when you all first met, what attracted you to this man, and then how we ended up here in divorce court. What attracted me to him, as you can see, he's a very good-looking gentleman. He's a handsome man. We met in church. Um, I was serving on the singles ministry, and he was the new eligible bachelor at the church. And all the ladies wanted him, everybody, including some of my closest friends. And you locked him down. I locked him down real quick. Okay, so (laughs) you knew exactly who Mr. Hicklin was when you first met him. I did. You knew exactly what his calling was when you first met him. As a matter of fact, that's what was attractive to you. And you beat back all the other sisters who were looking to lock him down. 
Yes, Judge. Yes, Judge, I did. Mm -hmm. So, as the new associate pastor, he didn't have as much responsibility as the senior pastor did when you first got married. Am I correct? He did not. And how long into your marriage did that change? It was about five, five years. Five years. Pastor Hicklin, Mr. Hicklin, you tell me this must have been a dream of a lifetime because if you are truly called to become senior pastor of a church... One, it's a lot of responsibility, but two, it's a gift from God. Yes. So tell me how that came about. Um, I kind of worked my way up the ranks, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, serving and being real supportive of the senior pastor. Mm-hmm. And so when it was time for the senior pastor to leave, of course, my name was dropped on the board and I was selected to become the pastor, which, as you mentioned, that was a dream come true. And with taking that role and that responsibility, it's a lot that's on your shoulders. A lot of people don't understand it. And one of the things that's difficult to do is try to balance a home life Mm -hmm. and balance a church life. That's the most difficult thing to do. But uh, my wife, you know, being in ministry, I was under the assumption she understood not realizing there's a lot of things at home that I was probably missing. I shouldn't have missed it, but because I was so focused on my call. So, Mrs. Hicklin, I heard what the pastor just said, and one of my dearest friends is the first lady of my church, of my home church, and I know how tirelessly she works side by side with our pastor. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Were you prepared for all of that? I thought I was. I didn't know that I was going to be second on the list. For instance, we had planned a trip to Jamaica, a cruise for our anniversary. Okay. And I'm all excited, getting ready for the trip, packing for the trip, you know, making arrangements for our kids, for our dog, for myself at the ministry, for him. And I'm at work one day and I see this letter on my desk. Well, it's from him. And he says he has to do an engagement for one of the other associate pastors, and it's a big opportunity, and he can't miss it. So he actually canceled our trip before letting me know. And so our whole anniversary was planned around his speaking engagement. So did you ever get to do your trip? No. Mr. Hicklin, I turn to you. That would make me think that you have placed me way down on the list of your priorities. Mm. Yes, Your Honor. I received a call from a church in, uh, in Jamaica, one of, one of the biggest platforms that a pastor could get. And so by me being the first time senior pastor, I'm thinking this is a great opportunity, not just for myself, of course, but for our church as well, because we could, uh, you know, be able to spread the, the gospel throughout the world and people would know who we are. I thought my wife would be excited because, again, you know, uh, as being a pastor, she's there. She's my support system. So when I told her, it probably wasn't the right decision to make. No, it wasn't. But, I mean, we could travel anytime. This is a lifetime, once perhaps in a lifetime situation. But But your 10th wedding anniversary is also a once in a lifetime situation. And you were going to Jamaica where you all were planning to do the cruise? Yes, Yes, Your Honor. Yes, but I had to be focused more on ministry, not just vacation. Because, you know, when, I, when we go on vacation, you know, I try to get my mind off the ministry and the congregants and everything. But had I gone there, I'll be honest, Your Honor, I would have been thinking about that, that engagement. But I why did he good. consult me, Your Honor? You're worried about boundaries with people who work at the church. There is a prominent woman in the church, and she gives him gifts all the time. It's pies, and it's Christmas gifts, it's birthday gifts. She takes him to lunch, and Mm -hmm. they dated before we were married. Tag your it, Pastor Hickman. Promotional consideration provided by... 
Divorce Court will be right back. It's mm-hmm. always he makes decisions on his own. Ms. Hickling, I completely hear what you're saying. Um, Mr. Hickling, I'm still trying to understand. If you all were planning a cruise to Jamaica, the engagement was supposed to happen during that time period you would be on the cruise. Is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. So you could arrange to speak while you were in Jamaica already on the cruise? Could you have done that? I probably could have done that, Your Honor, but normally when we get a call, you're not there just to speak. When you go in, you're you're there like for a weekend when you get a big conference call like that. Okay. So it'll be a whole weekend event. So here's my question. If you're going to disappoint your wife and ruin her anniversary, why not call her with the following? Sweetheart, I've got an amazing opportunity to speak in, of all places... Jamaica. They're going to fly us in and fly us back. I'm going to extend the vacation after the speaking engagement, and we can spend a week there. Can we compromise, cancel the cruise, but still get to go on our trip? I'll need a couple days to do the speaking engagement, but I want you back by myself, and then we'll go ahead and celebrate our anniversary. Was there anything wrong with the scenario that I just laid out, Pastor Hickler? Your Honor, okay, if we have to be perfectly honest, my wife, she wants all of my time, okay? Now, as I just mentioned... Why couldn't you just figure out a compromise that incorporated her? That's all I'm asking. I just, I just didn't think about it, Your Honor. There it is. That's a very honest answer, and I think that's Mrs. Hicklin's point. Yes. That you didn't think about it, and you didn't consider her feelings, when it actually is an easy fix to consider her feelings. Mm-hmm. It's not like she didn't know the kind of work that you were doing. It would have been a much easier fix, and probably no argument. Because you were still going to be able to have her have her anniversary with her husband. But you say this is not the only time. No, Your Honor. So he took me to a nice restaurant. We got um, dressed up. We went to one of my favorite restaurants, ordered my favorite meal. And we were having an honest conversation during dinner. And we were actually talking about how we can better balance ministry and life and kids and jobs and everything else. And I was telling him how I felt about, you know, just putting me first. Lo and behold, right in the middle of my speech, he gets a phone call from somebody from the church. And it it started out as he was like, I'm at at, at dinner with my wife, blah, blah, blah. But he gets up and proceeds to go outside and was on the phone 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Pastor Hickler? I received a phone call uh, from one, one of my congregants that there was a young man that I was trying to help was facing some serious time. And the lawyer called me and needed some spiritual advice or, or what could I counsel uh, the, the young man spiritually? And I said, yes. So I said, do you have the young man with you? He said, yes. So I was talking to the young man and giving him advice on what to do, you know, trying to comfort him before he goes to court. But and- I don't understand why that couldn't wait. Um, well, Mrs. Hicklin, I can pretty much tell you why that couldn't wait because the lawyer only has X amount of time with his client, especially one who is facing some serious time. More than likely, they were in the conference room at the jail having a conversation, and he may have had 30 minutes on the clock. And then the people are going to come in and say, put the phone down. I mean, I'm just telling you from my personal experience, that normally is what happened. I know it was inconvenient, And I know you saw it as rude. Very much so. But, Mrs. Hicklin, 
That is a part of his ministry. But, but that does happen sometimes. So I don't know the difference, Your Honor. He, he came back in the restaurant and he didn't even apologize. So I don't know what the phone call was about. Yes, ma'am. I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of it. But most of the time when he gets interrupting phone calls, it's from, you know, go, uh, the security was left on at the church or stuff that's not even... Stuff that does not require his immediate attention. Absolutely. <laughs> You go to this family gathering, nice restaurant. As the waitress was coming for the bill, my wife said, oh, it's already been taken care of. What? I said, okay. So I go and check this church card. And there was an expenditure for that meal, over $2,000. What? Yes. <laughs> I might want to send the IRS to look at what other things you doing with the church card. If you'd like your case to be heard on Divorce Court, call us toll-free at 1-877-311-2222 or log on to our website at divorcecourt.com. Missed a show? Watch full episodes on our streaming platforms and follow us on social media for exclusive content. It's really about communication, Pastor. That's all you're going to have to do. Mrs. Hicklin, am I correct? Yeah, th that's, that's true. It's just about communication. Just let me know what's going on. And just, I just want to feel like he sees me. That's it. I just want to feel like he sees me. I'm concerned this is not the only thing. I mean, I know that you're worried about boundaries with people who work at the church. Absolutely. There is a prominent woman in the church okay. and she gives him gifts all the time to where it's excessive. It's pies and it's, it's Christmas gifts, it's birthday gifts, it's just little things. She takes him to lunch. Now I'm in my office and I'm working and their office is on the same hallway. And she, she'll pop in and she'll say, we're going to lunch. You want us to bring you something back? What? No, we're going to lunch? And so they'll, they'll go to lunch. And I feel that he should not accept gifts from her he needs to set boundaries because some women have ulterior motives. Oh, no. Um, she's a single... <laughs> yes, she's single. She's a single high-ranking woman there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they dated before we were married. Tag your it, Pastor Hickler. Your Honor, when my wife and I first met, that was, all, well, was probably one of the first things I told her because I wanted to be yeah, upfront. Yeah, he did. I'm he did. One, I got you. I'm not, I'm not saying you've acted dishonorably at all. Right. I'm just telling you right now, Miss High-Ranking Woman in the Church, she don't need to be giving you gifts. Mm -mm. I, I, I understand, Your Honor, but as I explained to my wife, so the other people that sow into our lives and give us gifts, so if I accept theirs... We're not talking about the other I, people. I understand, but I just think it's unfair for say, okay, we can't accept yours and, you know, uh, we can accept other people's gifts, but can't accept hers. Well, you know... And she has to have that trust with me well, I can draw the line and say, no, we, look, this is a line we're not going to cross. But, but, but Pastor Hickman, you... why put yourself in that situation? Because I'm going to tell you, the first thing I learned in law school is to avoid the appearance of impropriety. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I know the pastors that I'm affiliated with, they don't even take uh, meetings with women in their office without the door being open. Okay, because they don't want to have the appearance of improper conduct. That's right. And they don't want to be accused of anything. And you don't put yourself in the proverbial trick bag by putting yourself in the proverbial trick bag. Mm -hmm. This lady does not need to take you to lunch unless y'all are going to work on church business. Right. She don't need to be bringing you pies because as I could look you in the face, if you were my husband, I would 100% say he ain't hungry. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know much. what I told her, Judge? 
Dutch, you know what I told her? I said, she asked one time, was the pie good? I said, yeah, it hit the spot. You know what the spot is? My trash can. Yeah. See, now you're putting yourself in a situation where you're going to cause friction where it's unnecessary. Well, well your, your honor, well, since we're talking about, you know, things don't look right morally... I want to hear it. There was an incident that took place. They had a, there was a family gathering. Nice restaurant. Food's great and everything. So, as the waitress was coming to, for the bill... My wife said, oh, it's already been taken care of. What? I said, okay. So I said, okay, fine, you know. But I, I didn't think no more about it. We, you know, I was having a good time. After we got home, then I really started to think about it because I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Night, family event. My wife said everything's been taken care of. So I go and check this church card. And there was an expenditure for that meal, over $2,000. What? Yes. Wow. <laughs> So then I just asked my, politely asked my wife, you know, hey, baby, listen, there was an expenditure on the books. Did you, you know, this meal, did you use a church card? And she went ahead and told me, yeah. So that puts me in a bad place because you know the first thing folks gonna say, oh, the pastor is stealing money. That is a trick bag for you. Uh-huh. Right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tag your it, Miss Hicklin. Your Honor, it, it was a family dinner. I assumed that he would want to take care of the cost for that. Excuse me. Mm-mm. He might want to take care of the cost, but it comes out of the income that the church gives him. It doesn't come out of the church coffers. As a matter of fact, if I knew you had done it and I was this high-ranking lady official who already looking to take your man, I might want to send the IRS to look at what other things you're doing with the church card. And, so oh, I'm oh, just oh, trying I'm... to tell you, you put yourself oh, yeah. in a situation where you could be called oh, into I, question. I, I, I can add that. I can add to that, Your Honor. You, you, you know, doing too I'm, much. I'm, I'm, you doing I'm, too I'm, much. I'm, uh, Oh, no. See, that's the point. When you open Pandora's box, <laughs> all kind of demons and stuff start flying <laughs> out. Everything just happens. So, 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 Your Honor, so I come home, I notice there's gifts at the door. And these gifts are nice gifts, too. I'm talking about nice handbags, nice shoes, nice purses. Now, you know, like I said, the, my wife, you know, she gets a, you know, a salary from the church. But no, I, know I how don't. Much that, no, I, I don't. Know how don't much you that stand up here and lie. I do not get a you paycheck. Get love, we I give do. you a love offering for helping with the church. A love and offering. So, and so, but I know how much that is. And so when I'm looking at those gifts, Your Honor, what we giving her does not equal to what them gifts that's on my, my that's doorstep. That's right. It doesn't equal 80-plus hours of working. Uh-oh. So that's mm-hmm. called a negotiation with the church on what you're going to get paid. This sounds like a misappropriation of funds. Next time on Divorce Court. She don't even attend the church. She attend, I call Bedside Baptist. She <laughs> watched from Zoom ever since the pandemic... You've checked out when it comes to his relationship with the church. I am tired. I'm frustrated. I'm fed up. I can talk to him blue in the face, but he doesn't see it. Pastor Hicklin's not giving up being a pastor. That's his calling. God has already made that choice for him. Because you're not being on board with his hopes, dreams, and aspirations. I can't help you with that. This is who the man is that you married. I'm not the only person that sees this. My sister sees it as well. I know you brought her as a witness. Yes, ma'am. He had drains after her second surgery. Right. And the doctor stressed the importance of making sure someone is there for her. She called me and she was in tears. I asked her, I said, where is your husband? He was out at some type of men's event at the church. I would expect that you, being the man of God that you proclaim to be, would have some empathy. He has more empathy for the people at his church than he does for me. Made in Georgia.